I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So heavy are the arms that hold the Lombardi trophy. You know, for all the talk about going for two, repeat after me. It's hard to win back-to-back Super Bowls. It's hard to win one, as a matter of fact. We'll talk about the Bucks' chances to run it back. Arian says, don't say run it back. That's Kansas City's thing. And the Rays open their spring training schedule with a 9-7 win over the Braves. Tristan Gray, minor leaguer with a walk-off two-run homer. Austin Meadows also with a home run. So we'll discuss the Rays and their start of the spring training season. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, they just blasted Dallas 6 to nothing. right? They were all over those guys in the rematch of the Stanley Cup final. Anthony Sorelli came back in a big way with a goal and assist. We've got all that and more to talk about on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. And Steve, we can both say that we spent the day at the beach. <laughs> um, turns out your your Toronto or Tampa Bay Raptors, I should say, had a little COVID problem. You were supposed to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, so Friday night, the Raptors, uh, their head coach, Nick Nurse, and five other assistant coaches uh, had to quarantine for COVID. Goodness. And it meant that they had one other assistant coach who just returned from coaching, I think, in the Spanish League. Mm. And so he was quarantining from the team as he just got back. So he ended right. up coaching the team on Friday night, and they won. Uh, but Pasco Siakam missed that game, too, presumably for either contact tracing or a positive COVID test. And then Sunday morning they announced that the Raptors-Bulls game on Sunday night was postponed, and the Raptors are dealing with positive test results, although we don't know how many. Yeah, and the NBA's they've they've had their run of this as as have the other leagues as you mentioned. Um, but uh, I guess you know it, it's hard to gain. I think sometimes, of course, we we're going to talk about the Dallas Stars in a moment who really had it with between COVID and and you know the whole state of Texas freezing over. Um, but it's hard to get momentum sometimes when you're having this sort of interruptions. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how you're supposed to have Chicago in whether they got on the plane, didn't cancel it, or like. You know, there's a lot of people that are trying to make adjustments on the fly here, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's been the hard part. I mean, you know, Carolina's in Dallas. The winter storm hits. They have to postpone that game. Um, you know, and teams are traveling, and <clears throat> games are presumably called off generally the day of, although the teams usually have a heads up the night before. Um, you know, for instance, when, when we knew that, we learned that the you know the Lightning were going to play in Carolina on Thursday, you know, or they were going to reschedule it to play on the Saturday. They knew on Thursday night. They didn't announce it till Friday morning, um, so they get a little more heads up. But this is what this season is for all teams. I mean, we saw it in the NFL too. Um, you know, you saw games being played on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and and moving yep. stuff around just to make it work. Baseball starting up in spring training, you know, presumably we probably will see some canceled games in spring training. And then when we get to the regular season, it's going to be the same juggling act that all these other leagues are, are dealing with. And that, you know, I, I always joke and, and we've kind of had this laugh, but if you've seen the movie The American President, mm-hmm. uh, Michael J. Fox's character is talking about breaking off a date because the president had to uh, miss a date or whatever. 
And he says, well, I tell all women, all plans are soft until confirmed 30 minutes prior. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's exactly what... That's, that's kind of what the games are this year. So what the NBA and the, uh, yeah, and the NHL has become. Um, well, the great thing is, is that you got to uh, run the Audible and, and, and go to the beach. I went to the beach over the weekend, left uh, Friday evening, went out to St. Pete, stayed there. Away. I, so I, so this, is, this is what I love about, about the Twitter family, okay? So I tweeted out a picture of a sunset. And it was a gorgeous sunset, by the way. It was. Um, with just the words fire, because, it, man, it was, it was. It was fire. And what I love about Twitter is that 22,535 people <laughs> happened to see it, which is really cool. And this, this one, I, I, I'm not quoting directly, but one person said, let me get this straight. So the Bucks are the Super Bowl champions, the Lightning are the NHL champions, the Rays are the American League champions, and you have sunsets. You guys are just bragging now. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of. It is paradise. His name was Jimmy Vegas, so he does have the strip there. You know. There you go. Yeah, it's not all bad out there in, in <laughs> Vegas land. But um, that's right. There was it wasn't Johnny Vegas. I'll tell you what, man. I remember those sunsets. You know what I mean. Um, it also was a uh, a, a very uh, special moonrise, or so I'm told. Um, that same night, so. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. I, we're, right, we're running a series. If you haven't checked it out, it started on Sunday. I call it a series. It's actually just a bunch of stories uh, in consecutive days. But, um, you know, the whole, you know, just, just, as if, just as the 2020 season was viewed in the prism of Tom Brady, right? Everything was Brady. The answer to every question was Brady. What can Brady do? Can Brady do this at 43? Can Brady leave a place after 21 years or 20 years in New England, uh, can Brady do this during a pandemic? All of that, right? Gronkowski, well, he's here for Brady. And so everything in the, in the entire 2020 season was, was viewed in that prism of Tom Brady. And guess what? It was storybook. It was uh, uh, You couldn't script it this way, although many did, um, in Hollywood perhaps. But he pulled it off. He, he rose to the occasion from 7-5, and five, down 17 and nothing to the Atlanta Falcons. They come back, they win eight games in a row they knock off you know go on a revenge tour beating new orleans and green bay who they'd beaten before but on the road three road games in the playoffs we know they win the super bowl at home and the confetti falls um however it's hard to win two in a row even for tom brady who happens to be the last quarterback to do it and everything in 2021 is going to be viewed through the prism of can you repeat right and that happens with every team every league um, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going through this right now, right? I mean, the whole question is going to be, hey, can they do it again, right? And it's always sweet the first time. And I don't mean the first time in franchise history, although that was sweet too, both for the Lightning and the Rays. But when you win as a group, when you win as this group, right, John Cooper's group, Stamkos and Hedman and, and you know, Sorelli and all these guys, um, and Point and, and, you know, Vasilevsky, you win the first time, it's one thing, but but – there's nothing like the first time and then everything changes, right? It's a different year. People don't realize you just don't, you just don't have everybody back. You don't have everybody, you know, people get hurt. Kucherov, for example, is not playing uh, the entire regular season most likely until maybe they get him back in the playoffs. So every year is different. You go, you, you go back to the mountain, you got to scale it all again. You don't really carry it over. And I think last week when we talked to Bruce Arians, you know, he made it clear to his team, he said the last time he addressed them, which was after uh, the Super Bowl and after their party and 
sometime you know during that week when they were doing their exit interviews um he got them together as a group and he said when i said goodbye we said goodbye to this season this team next year is a different team when we come back we're not the super bowl champions we're just the tampa bay buccaneers it's for everyone to find their role whatever that might be and then embrace it we we did learn this year is to embrace those roles and know that at any one time they could change they could be bigger or smaller and the team is still the main thing. We had a long talk that when we broke up as a team, we said, congratulations, this team is his, but this team is history. Next year is a whole new ball club, man. We ain't done blank. And that's true. And yet, you know, he, he is still the guy that says, we're going to run it back. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, not run it back, but we're going to go for two. Uh, this team knows how to win, and they do, but it won't be the same team. And, and many things – you know, can get Super Bowl teams and have in the past. I mean, um, we can remember, you know, a lot of times it, it can just be the economics of the game, the salary cap. Um, remember when the Ravens beat the 49ers uh, in Super Bowl 47, Joe Flacco got this enormous contract, right? $120.6 million at the time was the largest in club history. And, you know, and, and partly due to that, reduce salary cap space because of that big, big, uh, you know, big deal that they gave Flacco and, and some guys retired, but they lost, you know, Ray Lewis to retirement. And then they lost other players Anquan Bowden, Ed Reed, Matt Burke, uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel Ellerby was a free agent. So you can't, you couldn't keep the whole team together. So Flacco goes out there overpaid, um, goes back the next season, throws 19 touchdowns and 22 interceptions. And so, you know, it, it, it's difficult. And we, we're talking about the Bucks and their free agency situation. Now, here's the thing about Tampa's situation is they don't have a quarterback to overpay. I mean, Brady has another year left right now, and they've talked about adding more, but has, has another year left at $25 million, which for a guy that's won seven Super Bowls, I'm here to tell you, is a relative bargain uh, to some of these salaries you're seeing now, upwards of 35 They're talking about $40 million for some of these quarterbacks. Um, but they do have all these free agents, and this is going to be the thing, Steve, that I that I think people need to brace themselves for. They're going to lose players, and they're going to lose a number of players, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They always do, and we don't know which ones they're going to be. Um, you know, and I've written about this, and we've talked about it, where you know Shaquille Barrett to me has to come back. I mean, you just these guys don't grow on trees. You've got a guy that had nineteen and a half one year. Eight during the regular season was a huge player in the playoffs with four sacks. Um, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul is a little older. He's got one more year left. You're going to need this guy who's going to be 29 nonetheless in November. Can you come to a long-term deal? He's not going to want to be franchised again. Even though he made $15.8 million, he wants his payday, and he wants multiple years, and he wants to have generational wealth. And you know what? He deserves it. And if they can't work it out with his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, who actually is a pretty good guy to work with and has a pretty good idea of value and things like that, then, you know, I don't know that they franchise him again. It would make sense from a team standpoint, but you could be looking at a protracted holdout. I don't know how Barrett would react to that. I think the more likely guy to franchise. So they, they need to find a way to reach an agreement with Barrett first and foremost. But the most likely guy to franchise is Chris Godwin. And the reason is, is that I think Godwin, you know, like like most players, he's got his ring. He's got his Super Bowl. He's going to want to get paid. And you can't blame him again. He's, you know, his fiance and him, 
want to be able to put down roots, be somewhere for a long time, get, again, generational wealth. But for Godwin, I think, you know, going from $2.13 million, which is what he made in 2020, um, to upwards of $16.43 million as a franchise receiver, that's an enormous raise, right, even for one year, like it was for Barrett a year ago. And, and, and for Godwin, even better is that, you know, if he's franchised, and he has said, you know, I've heard him in many interviews, he said, look, I, I want a long-term deal. If not, obviously I would accept the franchise. If he's franchised, then the next year, 2022, we'll have a, a much higher salary cap in the NFL because these TV contracts that are coming up about 10 years now, uh, extensions that they're about to do with all these networks, it's going to dump a huge amount of of revenues into the, the, the general pot that the players use about 48% of for salaries. So you're going to have much more money on the market a year from now than you even do now. And and if you're the Bucks and you get Godwin under a franchise tag, you get a chance to see what Mike Evans has left. And I don't I don't see a drop off necessarily with Mike Evans, but injuries have been a, a, a concern at times. And he's going to he's going to play his eighth season, and to play eight seasons as a wide receiver in this league is a lot. Now he's been consistent. He's had seven 1,000 yard seasons. But will there will there be a, a, a subtle trail off? Will there be something that would give you reason to say, well, you know, if we're going to have one number one receiver, it's going to be Godwin and not Evans? I don't know the answers to all that, but they don't have any trouble paying these two guys because of how special they both are. And I think people underestimate what Godwin can do, especially at the slot position. But And we'll go down the list, Steve. These are not easy decisions. These players are not all coming back next season. I know that for a fact. Well, it's it's the same. The lightning, you know, we're having an issue, and we talked Absolutely. about this. And, and you know, had Nikita Kucherov not been out for the season, you were able to put him on long term injury reserve. You still had nine and a half million dollars. Yeah. You were going to have to shave off this this team, which was presumably going to mm. be an Alex Kalorn, a Tyler Johnson. You know, you already right. you already traded uh, Braden Coburn and Cedric Paquette to help with your salary cap. Um, mm-hmm. When you win, that means you have a lot of good players. When yes. you have a lot of good players, they want to get paid, and rightfully so. And you've got your ring. Now you don't mm-hmm. have to, well, maybe I'll take less to win another one here. Maybe it's, right. it's, it's time to, you know, particularly for Shaq Barrett, who's, what, 28, 29 years old. He's older now. Right. You know, he's got one contract that he's That's got, all. that big contract. And he wants yeah. that. He wanted it last year. He didn't get it. Now, mm-hmm. he didn't, you know, he, he didn't poo-poo that he was making 15, 16 million last year. And he's acknowledged, no. hey, this is, you know, what I'm making this year is great, but I want the long-term guaranteed contract. I want that generational wealth, as you talk about. And they deserve it because mm-hmm. he's playing football. He could get hurt. Mm-hmm. They could be, he could go out here and practice and that's it. No money's coming in. That's, he's done. Yep. No, and, and, and that's what happens. Now, the good thing for the Bucks is you're going to lose some guys. No question about it. Is Leonard is playoff Lenny want to get paid more? Uh, you know, what, depending on who you franchise, you know, I, I think franchising Shaq Barrett is a big risk. Like you said, he could hold out. He could, you know, you're going to have a probably a ticked off player at that point to franchise mm-hmm. for a second time. Yep. Um, franchising Chris Godwin makes a lot more sense if you have to do that if you can't come to deals with with either one of them or both. Right. Um, but yeah, you're going to have others. But the good news for the Bucks is. You still have Tom Brady. You still totally. have a pretty loaded roster. And you may have some other veterans that say, I'll take less to go there. No Much question. like Antonio Brown did. 
Leonard Fournette mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. and others. So you know, yep. y- you may have more options to fill those holes that may not even know who they are yet at this point. But you That's know, true. because you've got Tom Brady, you may have some 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 more options than you did a year ago if you just had free agents looking to go to a place that thinks they have a shot at a title. There's no doubt that Brady's going to be a huge draw for a lot of guys around the league. He was last year. That's that's why Rob Gronkowski came out of retirement. That's why um, it wasn't the bad cell service and, and, oh well. and Tom Brady misunderstood him. Or <laughs> yeah, Gronk misunderstood. Him. Maybe the greatest commercial I've ever seen. By the way, I mean one one of the best ever. It just they did that. They both did it so well. I'm retiring from retiring. <laughs> it's right. It was. It was so well done. I can't even replicate it, but it was. I'm sure you guys have seen it. Um, yeah, and, and and you know, look, um, there's some. I mean, when you win a ring, you know, you play this game. You play in the NFL for money. Like, don't confuse it. This is professional football. You are there for a very brief time to make as much as you can in a collision sport. That you, you know, absolutely could be done on, in a practice. Right, one practice, not the game, not the game I die for. You could get hurt in practice and you're done. We're talking about right? practice. Yeah. So um, that being said, once you know, the other reason is is to win a world title. Well, you win a world title, then then you know you could check that box. I mean, very few players get to win one, get to play in a Super Bowl, much less win one. And then when they win one, the, the odds of them winning more than one are really remote. Although you know, take Shaq Barrett, like we just talked about, he's won two rings already. He won a world championship with the Denver Broncos. Now he wasn't a starter. Uh, but he was a big role player, and and he also was a huge special teams guy. But he won a ring with the Broncos. Now he's won two. Okay, so winning the Super Bowl is something he does. Uh, in fact, his odds are probably better if he were to go somewhere else, if you look at history, than if he were to stay here to win another one. So, yeah, he's he's got his ring. I think I think it's true with, with a guy like Chris Godwin, who's ready to get paid. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Breitling Boutique. You know, Breitling Boutique in International Plaza is one of only 15, that's right, in the United States. And they've welcomed championship quarterbacks and Hall of Famers and championship boxers as clients. But they treat everyone the same. They'll treat you like a celebrity when you come in, too. Tell them Rick and Steve sent you. And just for trying on one of those beautiful Swiss watches, you will get a free Breitling cap. That's a $60 value. Breitling Boutique, International Plaza. Here's one that I think people are looking past a little bit. This is my personal opinion. Levante David. Think about Levante David, okay? He's gotten uh, two contracts now. One is a, as a first-round pick and then another fairly large contract as a free agent to stay in Tampa. But he was here for nine seasons, and it, did, it took until his ninth year. Now, that's a lot of good football he played that was wasted. That's a lot of blood spilled for no reason. Not never reached the playoffs until last year. Never, never. Okay, and then he goes on a run with Tom Brady and wins a Super Bowl. Wins it. Wins it all. Got the ring. Got the hardware. Got everything. He's got one more bite of the apple, right? He's got one more decent sized contract. I would think maybe not for six years or anything like that or crazy, but you know what? He made ten point seven five million, which for you and me is retirement money. Steve, let's be honest. You got almost that much now. Um, a little bit more, and you can retire with that much with with Devontae David. Um, but if you if you really look at the salaries and where they have gone since he last signed his deal, for example, Bobby Wagner, okay, he tops the list of inside linebackers, eighteen million a year. 
nearly double, double what Levante David is making. Now you say, well, he's 31. You know, what kind of market will there be for him? Um, a big one. Because who doesn't want a guy that knows how to win a Super Bowl? Who doesn't want a guy who took Devin White, right, in his rookie and in his second year, and and according to Jason Light and Bruce Arians, they say Levante behind the scenes scenes is is a phenomenal leader. And he has had a lot to do with the development of that young linebacker who mm-hmm. says, Devin White says, I don't want to play without the guy. Okay. But what if the Cleveland Browns who who we read over the weekend have have Levante David high on their list? What if they throw eighteen million dollars at that guy? I don't think the Bucks can bring him back. No, they can't they couldn't. There's no way. No. Not unless you're willing to lose Godwin and Barrett. There you go. And and yeah, and then we'll we'll talk about Sue and Gronkowski and all these other guys and and Ryan Suckup. Like you have priorities. And I'm not saying Levante Davis is not a priority. He'd be a really high one for me because he was the captain, again, of a defense that was out of this world by the end of the season. And and a big reason is is that guy next to him. But you know what? You can't you can't fault him. And I really think because of, of, of how well he's played and how well he's kept his body, he's a youthful 31-year-old if there's such a thing. And if you're the Browns, which makes perfect sense to me, and you're looking for an identity – on defense, a leader, a guy that's been there, done that. That's what teams overpay for. They overpay for that element that they're missing, that veteran element, right, um, that can help show the way. Why is Tom Brady here? And I'm not equating what Levante does on defense with what Tom does on offense, but you know what? They're both kind of the leaders of their group a little bit. I mean, I know Devin is kind of taking over that that mantle, but the guy behind the scenes is is really Levante David, and he still makes a ton of football plays. Um, you go from him, um, and how about the guy I just mentioned, Ryan Suckup? So you're going to tell me, and, and the kickers don't make a ton of money. Don't get me wrong. You know, I think they make between three and five million dollars, even if they're great. But you can't overlook the guy. You have to. You have to get him back. You're not going to go back into this vortex of, hey, we'll take somebody else's, you know, Cairo Santos or whoever gets cut next, or maybe we'll draft a guy. You're not going to do that, right? So you have to. You have to lock up your kicker. Then you have Sue, and I can't, you know, Sue went to a, a Super Bowl, right, with the Rams and lost, came here, and in two years he wins the Super Bowl with the Bucks. I don't know how much longer he's going to play. His wife is going to have twins, their first children, and that's going to happen sometime soon. According to Arians, she has told him, yes, you can play again, which was the first hurdle. Um, but you know what? Sue's always been – one of these guys that goes where the money is always, always he's been that guy. That's why he left Detroit and went to Miami. That's why he left Miami and went to the Rams. That's why he left the Rams and came to Tampa. And I don't know that he's going to be any different this time around, you know, and there may be a team that feels like, Hey, we need that big guy in the middle of the field to help, help get us over the top. Um, You know, and I think, I think the other guys like Fournette that you just mentioned, like, um, Antonio Brown, to me, those are luxuries, right? If Leonard Fournette has no market and wants to come back at a small salary, when I say small, maybe not $2 million, but not, not more than 3 or $4 million, then maybe the Bucks entertain that. But at the end of the day, on day one of training camp, the, the, the starting running back is not – I don't care about playoff Lenny or Lombardi Lenny or anything else Lenny that he's been. You know what he's going to be? Backup Lenny. 
when he goes back to training camp, Ronald Jones is going to get the first, you know, the first snaps and deservedly so. Um, you know, Ronald ended up with COVID. Then he had the groin. Then he had the quad pool uh, at Washington, and they went with the hot hand or the hot legs, as the case may be, with Leonard Fournette, and that's why he was playing. And he made the most of it, and good for him. But remember that conversation that that uh, Bruce Arians told me about. They made Leonard Fournette inactive against Minnesota. Steve, I'm telling you, that wasn't because he can't play. That was all about his attitude, and it stunk. Okay, every coach I've t- talked to, it was not good. And basically, Arians went into a meeting with him and said, what do you want me to do? You want me to release you? I'll release you. You want me to cut you? I'll cut you. Otherwise, you got to accept your role. If you don't accept your role, you're gone. There's no reason to do this. And guess what? He decided, okay, I'll, I'll accept my role. And you never know when you're going to be called upon. And there, he, and then really short after, he's, he's, the, he's the running back, you know? But I don't know that they're going to re-sign Leonard Fournette at this point. I would imagine he'll have suitors that are going to pay him a lot more than what Tampa Bay can. That's what I think. Yeah, that's what I think. Baggage or no baggage. And Antonio Brown, same thing. If Antonio Brown gets a market going, he'll probably leave. If he doesn't, then it depends on what Tom wants to do. Well, and ultimately, I mean, you know, you know, you're paying Mike Evans. Right. You're going to give Chris Godwin Godwin a huge if he comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Assume if he's back, you're going to give him a huge raise. Whether and you got franchising him or signing him. You've got, you know, but but I'm saying now you've got two big contracts. You can't really afford to pay more receivers, no. more than bare minimum, essentially. You know, exactly. your rookie contract deals, minimums, you know, low salaries. You know, what Antonio made, what, one six, I think, this year with right. bonus. You know, he's probably going to be looking to make at least double that, if not more. Oh, I would think he'd want at least – I mean, he wants $8 million or $10 sure. million. He's probably going to get $4 million, sure. you know, maybe. And I don't think the Bucks can afford that. Mm-mm. I don't either. I think they're going to lose some players. Now, I think they could gain some players. One of them, um, you know, I, I don't want to speculate on on who who may be coming. One of them won't be J.J. Watt, in my opinion. I know a lot of people are waiting to see, and I think you know part of the problem is Watt's going to sign before we know who gets to free agency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, if you went in all in on Watt, and I guess they're talking about upwards of 15, 16, 17 million he's, he's hearing from other teams, then, th- you know, that's money. You're almost to Shaq Barrett at that point. You know, you can't, you can't do a J.J. Watt and then think you have a chance to re-sign these other guys. And I think Watt's going to be signed before the start of free agency so that he's not competing with these other dudes, which is his right, obviously. But, um, but there will be other players. There will be guys who will come to Tampa Bay just like they did last year. Oh, and don't forget, I would think that Rob Gronkowski will will play again. He said he wants to play again, and he said he wants to play here. I can't imagine he would go to another team it, you know, because of his relationship with Brady and the fact that he won a Super Bowl and he loves it here and his mom's close by and all that. But you never say never. And but they've still got to earmark some money for him. I mean, he made $10 million last year, I believe. So is he going to play for less? Is he going to play for eight? Is he going to play for seven? Like, you know, and th- there will be cuts. You know, we don't we don't know, for example, what Cam Bright's status is. I mean, he's down to make about six and a quarter. Remember a year ago, he took about a $2 million pay cut to stay with the team. O.J. Howard is coming back, and they've picked up O.J.'s um, – fifth year option and that's six million a year so if you've got Gronk and Howard can you afford to keep Bright not at six something million dollars you can't mm-hmm. so there's going to be changes and there's going to be 
you know, and that's that's the thing, right? That's what makes it hard to repeat. In addition to the fact that it's really hard to win a Super Bowl, much less two or two in a row. But it's it's hard to keep the band together, and everything is different. Now you're going to have injuries. You're going to have things that you know that are going to crop up on every team each year. You don't know, for example, if JPP is going to have a full season. You don't know if Tom Brady is going to make it through a year. But he has, with the exception of one season. Now Brady has had knee and knee surgery. That's the other thing that's going on. Um, they call it a cleanup. Uh, well, it might be a cleanup, but then Bruce Arian says he doesn't think he'll be ready to do anything until June, which sounds more than a cleanup. Although I've heard people say that it will be sooner than that. Um, but the 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 one you said you he's probably at it. Berkeley Prep tomorrow. I mean, come on, he's not stopping. He's not slowing. No, he's not. He's not slowing down. I don't know if he'll be on one leg in a you know in one of those carts where you 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 bend the other one or not. But um, the one thing you said, Steve from the beginning was is the absolute truth the difference in all this repeat talk is the quarterback it's tom brady there's not there's not other guys out there like him peyton manning was the closest thing maybe he wasn't able to repeat he did get back to a super bowl with the colts um you know and and uh caldwell was their coach jim caldwell and they lost uh he obviously got back a couple times with with the broncos but those are the guys who have a chance. And the reason they have a chance is somehow, some way, you say this about them every year. They find they all make they make the playoffs all the time. Like when do they miss the playoffs? Never. Right? And if you're Tom Brady, you rarely miss the Super Bowl. I mean, you've been to 10 in 20 in in 21 years. So if my math is right, and I didn't, you know, I'm not good at math, that's why I do this for a living, but it's almost every other season you're in the game and then you've won You've won seven of them, okay? So you got you can throw away all the analytics and the oh buts and the wherefores and hey, what abouts because it's Tom Brady. And oh by the way, Tom Brady's the last guy to do it. And he's got a good football team and, and no matter what happens in free agency, it's still gonna be a good football team. It's still got a pretty good core here, and they're gonna be a year further down the line with all the offense and all that stuff. Tom Brady gives the Bucks the chance to repeat period, because he has a way of getting to that game every year. He just does. It's just what he does. And, you know, he'll be better next season than he was this year. They'll be better as a coaching staff, which is all intact. Um, There's a lot of reasons to suspect that uh, they're going to be really, really good. Um, Now we'll just have to see what happens to the rest of the league, you know, because I couldn't tell you where anybody's quarterbacking right now because there's so much, you know, movement right now. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Murata, where life is like a staycation every day. Contact them at com. All right, so check it out in the Tampa Bay Times all week long. Uh, I'll have a story on um, on one Thomas Brady and the impact uh, that he – Yeah, the impact that he may make um, on this football team, unlike – unlike any other quarterback because he's Tom Brady. I got a great, great story to tell you. You got to check out the lead in, in the Tampa Bay times about, uh, about Brady. It's really funny. Um, and shows who he is. All right. The Tampa Bay race baseball is back. The crack of the bats, the smell of the grass. Uh, what else is there in baseball? The smack of the glove. I don't know. Um, it's all and back. The roar of the crowd. 
Yeah, and the roar of the crowd, you're right. Um, over 1,100 fans in this game against the Atlanta Braves, and the Rays' uh, baseball was back. Dave and Andy were on the radio. Mm-hmm. It was cool. I listened um, to that on the way to the beach. So There you go. Yeah, I mean, what's better to know? And here's the thing. If everything goes right and the world doesn't fall apart and COVID doesn't raise its ugly head or something, something like that, we're going to have baseball now every day somewhere until, like, November. How great is that? It's just great knowing that they're that they're back. It is. It's awesome. I mean, it's it's kind of weird because hockey's still just kind of not even halfway through it at this point in spring training. Sport, True, which is a little weird. That is awesome. But yeah. you know, with with baseball ramping back up, and of course the you know hockey, we've got the NBA in town as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a, and, and the Raptors are doing well, although despite the COVID. Uh, right problems they have now. I think they're fourth place in the East at this point, it's which pretty would good be a home court for the first round playoff series at this point. So, uh, granted, they're only seventeen and seventeen. It just shows you how weak the East is. There's only three teams with a winning record, but right. Uh, but you know, hey, you play the teams you're supposed to play. You compete in your division and don't apologize. Champa Bay, baby, and um, they're going to benefit from that. So yeah, you know, here's my here's my theory on the Rays. Here's what I think I think as Peter King would say. I think the Rays are going to be as good as they always are if not a little better. And here's why I say it. It's because I think their lineup's going to be good. I I think they're going to hit the ball. And 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 even though, you know, you go and you, you say, well, you know, that was the Achilles heel and and they couldn't push across a run or two. Um, you know, in the World Series against a really, really good pitching staff with the Dodgers, I think there's a lot of guys that could that could break out, and one of them hit a home run uh, in the first spring training game, and that's Austin Meadows. You know, Meadows had this weird, you know, it was a it was a weird year to begin with for everybody, right, with the 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 shortened season and the, you know, all the COVID uh, protocols and things. But he he got COVID early on and was a late arrival mm-hmm. in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he had he had put on a lot of weight. I don't know if it was intentional. Um, maybe it was. I, I I really don't know. But now he's thin and trim, and he feels quicker to the ball. And you remember, he's a year removed from 33 home runs, almost an MVP-like season. So if – and it's if and buts, I understand that. But if you got him going again, really going again, with a Rosarena who, by the way, smoked one up the middle the first at-bat, um, and then, you know, what would they had a home run from Mikey Brasso and a home run from Meadows. Um, there's some guys in this lineup that are really interesting players to me. And and we haven't even gotten to what will happen when, when, or if Wando Franco makes it up here sometime during the season or, you know, or, or stuff like that. Um, maybe Yoshi, uh, Susugo, uh, turns into, you know, the player he was in Japan. That's the guy that needs year. to step up this year. I mean, I, I think you're going to see a bounce back year from Meadows. And, and it's really interesting because we, we've, we've talked about this a lot. You've told the story of Warren Sapp and his weight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one year, what, he came in 15, 20 pounds heavier. And he yeah. was slow. He yeah. couldn't get to the quarterback. Nope. Uh, Brian Engblom has repeatedly told the story of Andre Palat, I think it was two years ago made a conscious effort in the offseason to get bigger, wanted to add some bulk and size so he could be better in the corners in this. And he got out there in the, in, in, during the season and realized, I can't keep up. I'm slow. I added mm-hmm. 15 pounds. Your body's not designed to do that in a year. Mm-mm. You know, you want to add some weight, you've got to do it gradually. you got to do it. Mm. You can't just go with the offseason and bulk up. And right. since then, 
he changed his off-season routine and lost the weight and did more cardio and got the you know everything else and he's been a much different and better player since and mm-hmm. you don't always realize that you know something like that the wrong off-season plan for one season could completely derail a season and maybe Austin Meadows put on too much weight last year and, and the covid was part of it i think there's probably a lot of things with it but oh yeah you know that you can go in having a plan and thinking you know we've heard from Jameis well i've got to put some armor on and all of a sudden he mm-hmm. was balking up and then down and, and you know, and trying to and figure now, out. Have trying you seen to, him? Now, now yeah. he's like as thin as he's mm-hmm. ever been. But I mean, but those players trying to figure out where's, where can I, how much can I add? How much can I, do I need to lose? How much, you know, it, it's, there's no exact science to it. And every, nope. every player's a little different. But, you know, if Austin Meadows put on 15 pounds going into last year, yeah, he's going to be slower. He's not going to be as quick with the bat. It, it, it's right. physically impossible mm-hmm. to do that in one offseason and, and keep that, that, the same speed and everything else. No, you may add some power and some strength because of it. Right. But if you can't get the bat around, it causes a problem. And so, yep. you know, the, that those off-season workouts, and if he slimmed down, and because we know he's got the talent. There's no question about the talent. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, if he changed his off-season routine and it's better this year, then, yeah, he should have a much better year. But I, I'm curious to see what Sutsugo does. I mean, there was high hopes for him. You come in from, a, a, you know, a different country, you During don't COVID. really know, the, and then yeah. you get co- the the COVID thing, and and mm-hmm. everything is just weird and changed and different. And he struggled, and mm-hmm. you know he seems to think he changed his off season workout plan too, and is much better, you know, place coming in this year. So I mean, I think that's a guy that it's kind of a sleeper guy. No one talks about on this team. Right? And if he can produce some offense to it, it's just going to make it that much deeper. Yep. No, he lit it up. I think they're going to find that there's going to be three or four guys in the middle of their lineup that's going to be hard to get out. And we haven't talked about, you know, the some of the consistent players that they've had, you know, throughout the years, um, whether it's Joey Wendell or, um, you know, Kevin Kiermeyer or, you know, some of those guys that are, that are still, you know, still going to play. Um, and and then, then the pitching, I, I guarantee you, I, I have so much faith in what the Rays do that they're going to put so many of those guys in great positions that they're going to be bounce back years all over the place for that pitching staff um, to go with what is a, a hell of an ace in Tyler Glass now. And, you know, you, you you have Archer coming back that's motivated that didn't get to be a part of this winning franchise of the Rays while he was here. And um, just everybody that, that comes in seems to benefit from Kyle Snyder and what he does. I just, I just got this feeling that, you know, the Rays are going to be, again, um, they're going to do it their way, and it's going to be clunky at times, and mm-hmm. they might go through some streaks here or there. And they'll, but by the time they get to August, and when it really matters, August September, they're going to figure it out, and they're going to be they're going to be really hard to beat. I, I just I just have that feeling. You know, one thing I like about this pitching staff is they've added a lot more veterans, mm-hmm. and and it's an interesting transition for this team because. You know, think go back to 2000, what was it 18, 19, whenever the opener started in that. Right. And, and part of what made the Rays work for the last two, three seasons with the openers and using pitchers in different positions is you had a lot of young guys just happy to be in the big leagues. Sure. I'll do anything. I'm willing to do anything. I, you, yep. Fourth inning, seventh inning, ninth inning, first thing, I don't care. That's and, right. And, and, you know, they've kind of built that up through the organization and, and, you know, we're going to try different things and do different things, and it's all about the team, and everyone buys in. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting veterans coming here going, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an interesting transition that 
you know, Chris Archer knows he may not always start every single game and, you know, may not stay in very long as he wants to. Now, you know, he's also a little older and maybe didn't have as many options, too. That's part of it. But, you know, they trade for Michael Walker. They signed Colin McHugh that, you know, but you're getting a lot more vet. Chaz Rowe comes back, uh, you know, but you're right. you, there. There seems to be a, some more veterans on this staff that and, and they know that the plans going in are they know that. I may not always, you know, Colin McHugh knows he's probably not going to be a starter most times. He could do some sp- starting if need be, mm-hmm. you know, and, but it's you're seeing veterans now coming going, hey, I, I, I'm willing to do whatever because I know the Rays, one, win, two, make their pitchers better. Yep. And maybe that's going to lead to a bigger contract down the line somewhere else for me or reinvigorate my career or whatever. And, but it's an interesting – it's not just all young pitchers now back there. You have some veterans, which – gives you a little more poise when things get a little crazy or out of control and they have more experience. And so, you know, you kind of like that too on the staff. I love it. And I I think, you know, Charlie Morton having success here Mm -hmm. at the time that he did was a big part of that. Um, You know, obviously, you know, his former teammate with the Astros sees that Um, I'm with you. Here's, here's where the buy-in comes in. It comes because these pitchers know if you're Michael Walker, you're any of those guys, you know, this, when I go out there, they're going to put me in the best position to, to succeed. In other words, um, when I get through the order twice or maybe go to the third time, they may get me out of there, but it's because they know that they're going to preserve what my effectiveness is. Like I'm, you know, if it's bulk innings, it's bulk innings. If it's starter or opener, it's opener. But they're going to create matchups for me that are in my favor. Here's the other thing that Waka didn't have with the Mets the guys behind them are going to catch the baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to catch the baseball. That's the bottom line. So you're going to play with one of the best defenses, and, and the priority that they have on their defense is incredible. So you know that, you know, for balls that are struck out there, they're going to, they're going to prevent some runs that you would normally give up. And let's be honest, if you're a pitcher, it doesn't take many runs per month, you know, to change your ERA dramatically. So – um, I think these guys all know what the Rays are about. They've been around long enough. They've, they've obviously clearly it works, and it's worked for a lot of pitchers. And they've seen the actual results of that, and they want to be a part of it. And, and I agree with you. I think there's complete buy-in by some of these veterans who already know how to get guys out. They know they know what who they are as pitchers. Now it's just a matter of you know getting some improvement from Kyle Snyder and things like spin rates and different things. But it's also having, you know, the Rays put them in the best positions to dominate um, the lineups that they face. And, and that's what they're going to do. And it, they may not all – none of them may pitch 200 innings or 150 innings. But you know what? The 100-plus innings that they do pitch will all be um, quality matchups for them. And I think, I think it's good. And I, I like the experience. I like knowing – that there's a guy that's, you know, been through some battles. Even Chris Archer, who, you know, for years was being compared to, uh, you know, David Price and, and, and these kind of guys, and he was a phenom, and, and, and he did have an outstanding year or two. But now he comes back, and he, he's not the number one guy, and he knows it, and he doesn't have to be, right? And he can find his, his, uh, his, his place of value on this pitching staff, and as long as they win, baby, that's what he's about. You know, he wants to be part of the winning winning culture, and he wants to do it here. Um, so it's not a long contract, but it is $6 million. And, 
you know, a lot will be expected of him. And I, I think that's a big buy-in for him. So that's cool too. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I think, I think the pitching staff is going to be good. I, I just, I don't know. I got this feeling. I know it's game one of the pre, you know, the, the, the uh, spring training and all of that, but I just keep thinking, man, guy, a guy like Meadows, you know, some of these young players, um, position players. And, and then of course you have Randy who is not slowing down or so it would seem. Um, so he's going to be fun to watch all year. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Marina Bay St. Petersburg, luxury waterfront homes where sports fans and enthusiasts live and play. Marina Bay is a 60-acre gated community on beautiful Bogusiega Bay. All new construction is available right now. Contact them at marinabaystpete.com or call 727-906-3300. Okay, let's get quickly and we'll finish up on this. The Tampa Bay Lightning, I sat down to watch that game at the beach on Saturday night. And, man, by the second period, it was over. There was no rematch here. They destroyed the Dallas Stars, and, I mean, they did it every way you'd want to do it. Um, And it was good to see Anthony Sorelli. I don't think it's a coincidence that they played that well with Sorelli coming back the way he did. You remember last week when we were talking and you were like, do we need to start worrying? Right. This team has more talent than any other team in the division. Mm Mm-hmm. It's game 16, 17, 18. You know, you're still mm-hmm. early in the season. You're not halfway through the season. Not halfway yet. through an abbreviated A team that's season. won the Stanley Cup and has more talent than anyone else. <laughs> okay, so they, 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 you know, even, well, even Saturday night, the first 10 minutes of the game, Dallas kind of took it to them and they, they were a little sloppy in their end. And, yeah. you know, but they're good enough to get through those stretches and then they can yep. let their talent dominate. Yep. And and they did that against Dallas, and they did it against. They took three or four against Carolina. You know, they lost that first game, and it was, oh, is this time to panic? They lost three. And, Sky three is out of falling. Four. Yeah, and then they they won the next three against Carolina, and then they go to you know take Dallas. And they're going to take on Dallas again tomorrow night. This uh, there's nothing. I, I'm not. I don't worry about anything with this team at this point. Yes, I mean there are, are there games that they don't play as well. Are there games that they are struggle getting out of their own end? Or, or you know make some bad turnovers? Absolutely. And are those things they need to address and work on? And, and you know, yes, and, and they do and they know. But, you know, if this team stays healthy, you know, they're going to make the playoffs in this division, no question about it. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, barring, like I said, some big injuries or whatever else, or just a complete meltdown, which you don't expect from a veteran team like this that has that much talent. So right. this is all, it's all the process about, you know, getting ready for the postseason and, and, playing right and getting players experience. I mean, they got Alex Barry Belay in a game. They got Ross Colton in a game. They're, Jamel Smith played a couple games. I mean, you know, and with Shirelli out, it, it allows you time to do that. But it's about getting everyone ready for, you know, what post-season. you hope is another long postseason run that will start sometime in May. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and but the other part is, too, and we know this with this Lightning team, is when they get hit in the mouth, they hit back. They, if they have yeah, a clunker against a good team, if they got to play them the next time, they come out firing. And, you know, yep. we've seen that. Again, Carolina, they lost that first game. They won the next three against them in that four-game stretch. Right. right. You know, that's what they do. Okay, the Stanley Cup rematch, Dallas, you know, wants to show us who's boss. Yeah, well, we're going to show you. I mean, they have that quiet confidence about them. They don't brag about it or whatever else, but they know they're good. They are. Um, you know, they're one of the best teams in the NHL. Uh, you know, I think, I mean, if you look at roster-wise, and, and this is all without Kucherov. You know, they're they're one of the top three or four talented teams in, 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 in the NHL. I mean, Colorado's probably up there. Maybe Boston is. 
Toronto's having a really good year, although I, I think that division's pretty weak. Um, you know, they're I mean, they're one of the best teams in the NHL. And when they wanna when they want to play right and play the right way, it's hard for people to stop them. And they have the best goaltender on the planet. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you, the guy is just getting better. Like there is, if it, it, you wouldn't think it was possible for a guy that's that's done what he's done already in his career, um, he's actually a better goaltender this year than he was a year ago. And he's got back-to-back shutouts now. Um, Andre Vasilevsky is phenomenal, phenomenal player. And he's still only 26 years old. And for I a goalie, know. that's young. It's it really is. He's played two hundred and seventy. He hasn't even got to that three hundred game plateau yet, right? But he's got the most wins already. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, did it last year. Has won the best. Now, I mean, he scratch. He literally a guy that great is still scratching the surface. It's hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, two straight shutouts now for him. Yeah, I think his goals against this year is one point seven five, and he's got a nine thirty eight save percentage. Yeah, those are incredible numbers. And the most wins, and and he, and he's not slowing down. He just so you start there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good good place to start. Well, and, and then and then Victor Hedman may be the best defenseman in the game. Victor Hedman. There was a story in Sports Illustrated, and they asked asked they asked Victor Hedman <laughs> yeah. this, but I, I think it, I think it was it's worth debating. Are is Victor Hedman the best player in the NHL? Period. I think they asked, "Are you the best player on the planet?" But yes, yeah, right. He um, laughed about it. He goes, "No." Of course no, not. He would never say that. I mean, that's that's not his style not or the way no. he is. But no. But you know what? If you added everything that he means to them and all that he does, power play, defense, mm-hmm. and then um, and then look at the year Ryan McDonough is having. He's playing phenomenal year. this year, mm-hmm. and Sergachev mm-hmm. has taken it to another. Level. Their left side of their def- defensive core, their three left-handed defensemen, Hedman, McDonough, Sergachev. There's not a better in the NHL. Not even close for left-handed shot defensemen. I mean, you can't touch that, that those three. And, and you know, like I said, McDonough and Sergeyev are having better years than they had last year. And Hedman may be the best defensive player in the NHL. So, um, And then we haven't even talked about the forwards, you know, what right. Braden Point does. Um, Steven Stamkos is already at 10 goals now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and he's playing well. Uh, and then, you know, you may get Kucherov back for the playoffs. I mean, that would be unfair. For, for the rest of the NHL. I mean, it just, I'm sorry. You just can't say, oh, by the way, we're going to add the MVP. Okay, come on, oh, you know, come on in, Cooch. Like, really? Like, wait. Because they're going to be at or near the top of the division anyway, and they're going to be a fairly high seed, I think. And then to get him for the playoffs would just be ridiculous, right? Now, you don't know who you're going to lose before that. So let's be honest, it's a long season. Um, but yeah, they're. And and the thing is, these guys like Sorelli, they, uh, you know, they're getting better. Like these players are just they're mm-hmm. they're they're getting better before our eyes. A lot of these guys are going to be superstars themselves, and we're we're witnessing it to go with um, the ones we already know, like Stamkos and Hetman and and those guys. So it was, I'll tell you, I sat down thinking, ooh, Dallas, because the first period they were really it was like the ice was slanted. Like, hey, can they can they actually? put it across the blue line once or twice themselves in the first period. Um, and then, uh, and then man, they just, they exploded. They just did. And then, then Dallas looked lost. I mean, they were chasing those guys all over the well, place. Well, Dallas, so. what, two nights prior blew a two nothing lead with like yes. six and a half minutes to go in the third. Yes, a matter of fact, in like bad. three minutes, they give up three goals. It's a bad loss. And, and Rick bonus called out their veterans and said, mm-hmm. our veterans aren't giving us enough and we're not playing well enough. <laughs> And then you go that out worked. and you get shut out 5 nothing in Tampa Bay the next game. That's not a good yeah. look. 
No, not for Rick. You've challenged it's your like, team, and that's what I mean. The first a, 10 minutes they played pretty well, and then it was over. I can't take it anymore. Let's go out there and go get them. And it's like, nah, we got blasted even worse. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And, and Dallas yeah. has had a lot of issues. I mean, I, I think Dave Michigan was telling me. I think starting this with the game Saturday, it was forty-one games in seventy-three nights. That's crazy. Because they, they at the beginning of the year they started two weeks late because of COVID, and they had an outbreak on their team. You lost yeah. four games two weeks ago to the Winter Storm in Dallas. Mm. You know, unlucky that they happened to be home during that instead of on the road where they could have kept playing. Um, mm. You know, and now they've got a ton of games to to, to catch up. Now, granted, Tyler Sagan's hurt, and they're going to get him back later in the season. And Ben Bishop, too. They expect to get both of them right. back, I think, in April. So backloading those games may, you know, you'll get more games with those guys, which will help, too. I mean, Kudobin's done fine, but they like having that two goalie there with Bishop and Kudobin. And then, you know, mm-hmm. Tyler Sagan's a big part of that team. So, they, you know, you expect to see some improvement in them down the stretch, but they've got a lot of games in a short amount of time. Yeah, they do, and uh, it's going to be a different season for a lot of teams, and it's, it's already been a different one for the Lightning. But um, man, they uh, what was it a, about a week ago? They were in last place or fourth place in their division, mm-hmm. and now they're back at the top. I mean, yeah, there was they're in, they're in first. Three, they they're, were three points out of first at that time, right. but I mean, it's, they're all bunched up. So well, and, and here's the other thing. So they're you know what they're they're in first place. They're tied with Florida, but they have a game in hand. Mm-hmm. You need to finish top four in your division to make the playoffs. Right. They are eight points ahead of fifth place. There you go. And that's Columbus, who have played four more games in the Lightning. So not only are you eight points up, you games you've hand. got four games in hand on them. Nashville, you're nine points ahead of, and you've got two games in hand on them. Mm. And, and Detroit is next. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're, what, you're 12 points ahead of them with five games in hand. I mean, right. you know, there's already, a, there's basically the top four in the division at this point. It's Tampa Bay, Florida, Chicago, and Carolina. Chicago's kind of surprising to be up there. They are. Nobody really mm-hmm. expected. Now, they, they played a few more games, but they've, I think they're better than Columbus at this point. Some of their youth has really in, invigorated that team. Um, Nashville, I, I really don't like their team this year. Um, you know, I, I think you're basically going to, it's Tampa Bay, Florida, Carolina, and then whether it's, whether Columbus or Nashville can overtake Chicago. I mean, that's going to be the fourth seed in the, in the mm-hmm. division. I mean, that's why I said, I, you know, I, are there reasons to be concerned when the Lightning play bad multiple games in a row and are getting into bad habits? Sure. But there's no reason to panic at this point because with this division, with this team, you know, barring something really fluky or crazy, they're going to make the playoffs, which is all you need to do. And if you get Cooch back for the playoffs, it's even better. It's insane. And just because you, you know, you, it, it, you can lose a couple games, and those are big swings, right? Because the, the, those can be four-point mm-hmm. swings in, in a couple of games. By the same token, if you turn around and win a couple in a row, it's the same thing, you know, especially if it's against division opponents. You really you really start to uh, to separate a little bit that way or jump back into the race, whatever the case may be. So they've done a really good job with that. Okay, um, so tomorrow, Steve, how about we do a uh, mailbag segment? Does that sound good to you? I think that would be great. 
So I got some questions that have been sent to me already. That's why we do it. As you know, you can ask anything you want about the Bucks, the Rays, the Bolts, uh, USF, Florida, uh, you name it, uh, college football. Yeah, college uh, basketball is wrapping up what this week, I think. Uh, conference tournaments crazy. are going to be uh, starting. I know the AAC for USF starts next Thursday, the 11th, I believe. So, Yeah, it's uh, crazy. Yeah, college basketball is uh, – we're already March Madness is upon March it. I mean, 1st. it's March 1st already. So March 1st. Um, in 17 or 16 days is the starter free agency. That's it. Wow. 16 days. It's amazing when you play in the Super Bowl how short that oh, is. Oh, isn't it? it isn't just, it crazy? Just like the Lightning you know, won the Stanley Cup, and like a week later the there's the draft, there's the free agency, mm-hmm. and it was like well, a week? What? Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, because you know, they'd won the Cup, and they barely had the parade, and they're already talking to guys like you know Tyler Johnson, and we may try to trade you, and would you be willing to take a trade? Yeah. It's like we just – we just floated down the river with the trophy like two days ago, and you're talking to me know. about this. I mean, it's I how know. crazy and quick it happens. It does. Life comes at you fast, especially when you win the uh, the, the, the hardware there. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Moffitt Cancer Center. Moffitt is a proud partner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Call 1-888-MOFFITT, M-O-F-F-I-T-T. So we'll do that, and you can send your questions in, as you always do, on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. My email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 